You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. When we are embodied, when we are present in our bodies and we have malleability, flexibility within our nervous system, when we are able to regulate ourselves, when we have the skills and tools to regulate our nervous system, to come back, to experience sympathetic fight or flight, dorsal shutdown, and come back to ventral vagal on our own terms, in our own way, from our own agency, our own choicefulness. We are able to make different decisions within our own selves. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to have you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. I am going to begin by acknowledging that this podcast is recorded on the stolen land of the Susquehannock, Piscataway, Nantigo people native to this area known as Maryland. So I'm going to let y'all know this episode is going to start off with a lot of laughter. It shows up at multiple times and it's a ton of gratitude and I am fully here for all of it. I had no idea how good this was going to feel. I had no idea how much my amazing guests, I, I, oh my gosh, she is so awesome. I just absolutely loved everything about the episode. I loved the way that information was shared and framed and uh, just all of it. And this just gave such a beautiful reminder of the amazing people that I am surrounded by. Some of which I know, some of which I am getting to know, some of which I I forgot how amazing you are. And for that, I'm apologizing, get back on it because like I am so fortunate to have such amazing conversations and minds and hearts and spirits that influence me, that guide me, that correct me, that are allowing me to witness the beauty in this world, despite all of the things that can simply just feel traumatic and painful. And I just... I feel like that type of joy, that type of connection, that type of reorienting within myself and my reality is such a counterbalance to the bullshit of white supremacy. It is a counterbalance to the way that white supremacy wants to steal my joy and my humanity, and I will not allow it to. And being reminded of those counterbalances is so extremely important. We need whenever possible to be reminded that there are counterbalances to recenter, to repair, to restore what has been stolen, what is being damaged and and degraded. And to remind ourselves that we do not have to allow our humanity to ever be on the table for negotiation. That is a counterbalance that then provides access to actions that move us farther away from white supremacy because we don't go from one end to just complete eradication overnight. Do I want to be eradicated? Hell yeah. And 
if we can acknowledge these counterbalances and the actions that are attached to it, we can begin to not only make the changes, but to actually witness that they're there. Because sometimes the changes happen, we don't even know it. And we need to know it. We need to be a part of it. We need to recognize it. And then we can hold on to that as we navigate these turbulent waters together. If you want to be a part of these conversations where we are addressing this similarly to the way that, honestly, we talked about this today, this is part of what we are addressing in the community. The community that we have with Pause on the Play is just the space that is so centering and it's so supportive of when you are in this messy middle of what is it with this system that is working exactly as it was supposed to that I no longer want to be a part of and I won't let it affect me as much as it does. How can we do this and how can I do it and not be alone? Because together we are stronger. You can join the community today at pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. Pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. All right. So let me tell you about my guest, Maria Victoria Albina, pronouns she, her, is a master certified somatic life coach, UCSF trained family nurse practitioner and breathwork meditation guide with a passion for helping humans socialized as women realize that they are their own best healers by reconnecting with their bodies and minds. That way they can break free from codependency, perfectionism, and people-pleasing while reclaiming their joy. She is the host of the Feminist Wellness Podcast, holds a master's degree in public health from Boston University School of Public Health, and a BA in Latin American Studies from Oberlin College. BA's Bachelor's of Arts. I want to make sure we are being explicit there. Victoria has been working in health and wellness for over 20 years and lives on occupied Muncie Lenape territory in New York's Hudson Valley. If I mispronounced that, I apologize. Maria Victoria, as we talked about in this episode, we're going to use your whole name. We're not going to let the American laziness steal that. Maria Victoria is amazing. And I cannot wait for you to get into this. Let's do this. I'm not even going to have preamble. I'm just going to get into it because literally these are the moments and I'm like, I just shouldn't hit record this the minute we got on because we have been cackling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'm like, it's hard to breathe from laughing. So- <laughs> I love this is a place. To, this is the place to start. Like if all interviews can start like this. This is the energy I want to bring into every room I walk into in 2023 and beyond. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I am so, 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 so excited that you are here with me. And the minute you hopped on, I was like, oh my God, your personality, everything about you. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So, so. I, I, I have to be like, just literally... I have told the people the bio, but just for a hot second, tell them who you are. Mm, okay. Well, let's let's do the elevator pitch first. Uh, my name is, I'll say my, my whole name, Maria Victoria Alvina Cordero. Uh, say it a little more understandably to an English-speaking on, audience, Maria Victoria Albina. And we leave the Cordero off because it just gets to be too much. Though it does mean sheep, which I think is very cute. My mm. last name is Sheep. Let's do so, it. why not? It's what's it, what is. So, um, I am a functional medicine, holistic medicine nurse practitioner by training. I am a master certified somatic life coach, trained in somatic experiencing and sensory motor psychotherapy as a coach. I am the host of the Feminist Wellness Podcast. And my mission in life is to support human socialized as women to overcome codependent, perfectionist, and people pleasing habits as a way to reclaim our lives, our bodies, our spirits, our souls, our laughter, our passion from white supremacist, white settler colonialist thinking, the patriarchy and late stage capitalism, all of which make us believe that our lives are not ours to live. Well, I mean, all of that, because I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, I don't even right. know what you say to that, because all I mean, of it, all of it is yes. Okay. And okay. anything would be just, it would pale in comparison to like, yes, yes, because everything, everything that you said is accurate. 
And that's the part that I think sometimes is so challenging because there's all these intersections of all of the systems that are working mm-hmm. as they were designed, mm-hmm. terrible as they are, but they're mm-hmm. working as they were designed 100%. to limit us, to disconnect us from our passion, to yeah. take us out of mm-hmm. our bodies, to mm-hmm. completely disembody us from any type of integrity with our, our oneness. It, it, yeah. All of it. Yeah. Well, because when, when we are embodied, we are living our dignity. And when we are humans living in our dignity, living our dignity, we cannot be controlled externally, right? We do not tolerate some kind of bullshit from systems, from people, no. from uh, inner children, <laughs> from parts, right? Yeah, we stand in our dignity and we say, basta, enough. Here's my limit. Here's my boundary. It will be honored. And if not, you will not have the privilege of having my presence, So you said the word that has been a huge word in what I've been witnessing around me as well as for myself Mm. so far Mm -hmm. um, in 2023 and it's boundaries. Mm. And I have to ask, how do you think boundaries shows up with with what you do, but also where is it not underscored nearly enough? Like, and I know that that's as me going, I have no script here, but I'm going off script because it's boundaries. It's a thing. Right. So when, so let me back up. So I don't talk about codependency or codependent people, right? That sort of labeling language that says you are, you have a defect in who you are. There's something wrong with your character. You are codependent. I'm going to call bullshit on that. I'm not having it. I'm not buying it. I'm not into it. I am not defective. My inner children learned Ooh. to have right to have codependent behavior as a survival skill, and they were fucking brilliant to do that. And I will praise the shit out of them today, tomorrow, and forever. Right? Did that mm. that way of surviving lead me to be in an abusive marriage? Absolutely. Am I glad of that? No. <laughs> Could have skipped that. Didn't need that resiliency. Thank you, but that resiliency got me out of it, and I learned the lessons I needed to learn along the way. Entendés? So I don't talk about codependent people. I think that's some bullshit. I talk about survival skills, survival thinking, survival feeling, survival behavior led by our wise and brilliant nervous systems and bodies. And I talk about the uh, constellation of experiences that I call emotional outsourcing which is codependent perfectionist and people-pleasing habits, which are the habits in which we chronically and habitually (sighs) look outside of ourselves to everyone and everything in our world as a place to source our safety, our worth, and our validation. Mm. Uh, Say more about all of that because you said that. I was like, ooh, visceral reaction. Wait. Right. Pause. Say more. So when we grow up in families where our parents are emotional outsourcers, right? When they are steeped in codependent, perfectionist, and people-pleasing habits, when their inner children are unhealed, when our parents are are caregivers, right? Let's broaden this. A lot of people are raised by abuelas, by aunties, by community, right? When the Mm -hmm. humans, the adult humans charged with our care as children are emotionally immature, are managing substance use, are managing real or imagined scarcity, adversity, challenges. One of the ways that we can learn to survive childhood is by outsourcing our value. Mm -hmm. We come to see, right? Because as children, we understand this most basic thing, which is we can't do shit for ourselves. (laughs) Right? We're not baby giraffes that within like 10 minutes of being born, they're like running around the savannah like, I'm a whole last giraffe. Like, no, right? We are dependent. We we can't get food when we're six. We can't get water. We don't, what we're, right? We need adults. We need bigger mammals. Mm -hmm. So when those bigger mammals don't show up for us emotionally, physically, energetically, right? When we are not attuned to, when there's a demand of perfectionism, right? Oh, you just got an A? Well, your sister got an A plus, right? When there's um, the energy of your body's not right, when there's the energy of there's something wrong with you, or I don't have the capacity to attune to your nervous system and its needs the way you need, 
whether that's overreacting or underreacting, right? Because we see them both. The nervous system says, this home, this place, this person is not safe. If they are not safe, it must be my fault because I cannot blame them because I need them. And so if I believe that my parent is incapable, my caregiver is incapable, then I am in the most existential fucking danger ever. So I'm I'm not even going to begin to believe that. I I'm the problem. I know I'm 6, but I'm the reason I'm unlovable. I'm the reason I'm unworthy. I'm the reason she doesn't come when I cry. He tells me to quit crying or I'll get something to cry about, mm-hmm. right? On and on and on. So, yeah. I'll pause. Uh, no, I, I first of all, you you don't have to pause. Um, <laughs> um so the thought that came up for me as you were were sharing this as somebody that, excuse me, did experience what that lack of of safety Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. growing up. Someone that Mm -hmm. did experience having to co-op these survival strategies. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as an adult, is trying to navigate that within interpersonal relationships. You mentioned something about, you know, if this person cannot kind of show up and and, and meet my emotion, my emotional needs. This person is either overreacting or underreacting. The thing that I have personally been really grappling with, and I'm not it might be just my overthinking brain because this brain y'all will overthink the fuck out of itself. What's part However, of its job? It, it, well, it does its job real good. Let's honor that though. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> yeah. we can be real quick to, to like problematize everything. And I think that's part of the problem. And there's a list as long as my entire arm, it's one of the problems of white wellness culture is the problematizing yes. everything instead of shifting into acceptance first. Right. So like, your brain thinks because it's actually it's one fucking job. Well, and yes. And so what I'm noticing is that I don't this isn't one of those cases where I'm like, brain, chill out. It's more of one of those cases of like, <laughs> oh, I have given myself an existential crisis. And now I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, am, am, am I am I am I hot and questioning the meaning of life type of things? Um, it's one of those because it's like it's like what happens when you're like yo I need you to meet me where I'm at but you are also trying to figure out but yo I need somebody to meet me where I'm at and we are both trying to figure this out at the same time like sorry we both fucked up and we're trying to we're trying to figure this out that's the part of where my brain is like wait wait too far too far (laughs) that's amazing because I think as somebody that has consciously chosen to address the desire to deprogram, to work Mm. on something, to try to fix it, but to also have to acknowledge I am also trying to not perpetuate the same things again. And I want to do better. And And. I I have my own fuckery to navigate. There is this place of, you know, like, I don't, I want to meet you where you are. I don't want to overreact. I don't want to underreact. And I'm also trying to, fix my own stuff in this moment because I don't have the uh, privilege to just kind of hop in this and act as if I can put all my stuff to the side as I navigate yours. I hope that makes sense. See what I mean? That's what I was talking about. That thing. No, no, it made perfect sense. And and I'll still stand by my point, which is that the overthinking isn't when we treat our survival skills as problems, Right. we turn them into problems. Right, we we continue to habituate ourselves to see ourselves as a problem versus ourselves as fucking brilliant, and these skills as something to befriend. Right. Oh, so right. So my internal dialogue used to be, "I carajo, Maria Victoria, there you go, fucking overthinking again." Which I heard you say you're not doing that, but I'm. This is what I would do, and so now it's, oh, brain. Look at you, you little cutie. You're doing the overthinking again, huh? Okay, that's okay. We're going to pause and come back to the breath. We're going to come back to center. Right? What's center in my height, in my width, in my depth? How can I ground into Pachamama, my earth mother? Right? How can I connect? It's okay, brain. Go do your thing. Go, go. But I'm going to be over here in my body. I'm going to find my answers here. That. 
Right. And that's our birthright. Yeah. Right. That is a, yeah, that is our birthright. So in that centering, as Mm -hmm. we are navigating our own healing, Mm -hmm. while supporting those around us in Mm -hmm. their own healing, Mm -hmm. or in in all hopes, the Mm -hmm. um, preemptive actions to not have the harm be, be, you know, be received to begin with. Mm -hmm. How is it that Mm -hmm. we are able to, to do these multiple large tasks at one time while being present in, in, in our body? Is that even possible for us? And I ask that genuinely because I think that this is the type of task that permission giving can be life giving. What does permission giving sound like for you within you? I think when we are navigating large tasks Mm -hmm. as someone that feels as though they have willingly and in some ways, I am working on the generational healing in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways. Some of it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this differently. Some of it was like, well, I didn't have a choice, but I also can't opt out. So here we are. Yeah. and so there are times to where you are trying to navigate a level of action that doesn't mm-hmm. have a manual to it. There's <laughs> no, this is how you do ah, this. Ah. And so it's very challenging yeah. to figure out, well, how do I do this while also acknowledging I have been harmed? I have, have my own, you know, traits and actions that I am trying to do better with and my mm. own, you know, I, I have to, I'm trying to help y'all past, present, and future. And mm. I'm not that, you know, like you're, you're building the plane as you're flying it for yourself and everyone on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're building it in the past tense, the yes. present tense and the future tense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, let's let me, I'm just going to workshop this. I think there's something really important about, okay, yeah, that's where I want to go. Ancestral healing as living grace, meaning my partner and I say grace every time we eat, right? We thank Pachamama. Uh, She's a Tibetan Buddhist, so she thanks the present moment. We thank all the hands that brought the food to the table, the oil rig workers, the truck drivers, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very important part of our gratitude practice of life. And one of the things we've been doing is pausing throughout the day to say, living grace. The love I am pouring towards you and receiving from you is a living grace. And living into that grace, into love, into receiving, giving, being, experiencing embodied love and safety That is a healing for our ancestral line. That is a healing of what's come before this present moment and what is to come. And yes, we can go to ceremony. We can go to the plants. We can can do the marked time work of now I am doing ancestral healing and we can live it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And both matter. So... These survival mm. habits and actions. <laughs> Thank you for circling us all the way back around. Yes. Well, only because <laughs> no, I'm like, this will turn yeah. into therapy for me. So I'm like, I mean, wait. I'm here for it, but let's go on. <laughs> no, because that, that's where I'm going to give you my money and then I'm going to pay you and it's going to be just us. That's a whole nother other. <laughs> because I believe in paying Done. people properly. <laughs> However, I do want to acknowledge that I had, I had not previously had it languaged that way. And I think Mm. there's a lot to acknowledge in the languaging of it that way, because Mm. the ways that we were told that we are codependent or that Mm -hmm. we are perfectionists. Mm -hmm. Number one, I don't, I agree that we are not Mm -hmm. because I think the minute you say that you lock someone into being something that they were in one moment for the rest of their lives. And that in itself is limiting and is absolutely a part of white supremacist culture where you are like, that's, that's an, that's a no. Um, and so in acknowledging that these habits, these choices, these actions were part of 
survival needing to be the primary concern, the primary focus, when we think about the fact that these actions put in place for survival are also actually undermining our survival because they degrade our bodies and our minds. How, how, what do you even do with that? Because that's a big old question and I understand it. And where do you even start with recognizing that the entire things that you did and are doing to survive are the things that are being prohibitive of that? You meet it with love. You ha- we, I believe that we, it is incumbent upon us to meet these parts with the three C's of my work, curiosity, compassion, and care. Because if, if we're not meeting self that way, we are, we are unwittingly, unwittingly perpetrating more violence against ourselves. And violence against self begets violence in the world. I mean, Resma and talking about Europe and the Inquisitions. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. right. So how can we start the work of healing the world? Well, it starts by going inside and finding the places where you are in that cycle of violence and deciding to step out of it for your own good and, again, the good of the world. So within the cycles that keep happening, uh, when it comes to these these survival actions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what part of that cycle, it includes the fact that it's like, you know, you can't be a perfectionist. You can't be codependent. Check your attachment styles. There are all of these words and phrases thrown at mm-hmm, you as to mm-hmm. why you can't or you shouldn't be doing something. Sure. The phrase that doesn't often come up in there is that, hey, these are all part of white supremacy. Well, yeah, of course not, because who owns the machine? Right. Right. <laughs> right. And so, like, how, how do we begin to bring yeah. white supremacy? And even if we have to start it for those that are resistant to it and they're on, their, they're on their own journey, and again, from a place of love, you have to be on your journey wherever you are at whatever moment, even if you need to just acknowledge that it is white supremacy adjacent, if you sure. can't acknowledge that it is fully steeped in it. At sure. least start by acknowledging, hey, hey, girl, hey, hey, person, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Um, c- can we acknowledge that it is at at best or worse, an offshoot, even though it, it really is a part of white supremacy culture. Like, how can we begin to bring that level of awareness into the conversation? Because I think that that does change how we're processing codependency or perfectionism. For me, bringing that part into the conversation, I mean, the personal is political, right? Mm-hmm. A number one, that is a, 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 a praxis, right? That is a way of living. Uno. So I bring in this political framework, this politicized framework for looking at codependent thinking and experience, uh, a number one. And that's the other reason I bring in the science, right? And, and we can problematize what the study of science is and how racist it is, et cetera, et cetera. But for now, <laughs> right. right, we'll just take, we'll take the good and talk about the rest later. Mm-hmm. So I bring in the conversation about white supremacy, white settler colonialism, eh, capitalism, the patriarchy, and science as a way to begin to unravel the the profound and multi-generational shame, blame, and guilt that is part and parcel of codependent thinking leads to creates and rebirths that same line of thinking in the next generation and the next and the next. So as long as we're treating ourselves like shit, because we have this way of thinking, we will cower before others. We will put their wants and needs ahead of us because we'll say, I'm inherently defective, fucked, perma-fucked, broken. There's something wrong with my character. I am beneath others. I am unworthy. So I need them to validate me. Oh shit, here I am codependent with them again. Right? So it's this perpetual cycle. Yeah? Mm-hmm of dependence, codependence, dependence, codependence. And so 
when we can start to name systems. So science, it's your nervous system, my love. It's, it's not you, it's your nervous system. I'll say, yeah, recognize that, take personal responsibility and start to change it. But that first reaction, that's not you. That's not you. That's, that's a six-year-old. That's a four-year-old. That's a newborn having a nervous system. Don't make it about you and say you're wrong and bad. ¿Me entiendes? One. Two, this is systems. As long as we are unembodied, as long as we are not present in our physical form, we are so easy to control. We are so easy to shame. We are so easy to manipulate. And that's what this work is. It's that reclamation of self, mind, body, and spirit. And from there, we can make different decisions. We have choicefulness. We have agency, right? Within white settler colonialism, within white supremacy, we do we do not all have the same choices, no. right? Our choices no. are very, very limited by no. whether our skin is racialized or not, right? Et cetera, right? Our queerness, our ability, our pa 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 pa. Right. That was Latina for et cetera. Pa 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 pa. Okay. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too. <laughs> BFF, best friend forever. Um, so, choicefulness, right? That's what it all comes down to is choicefulness and agency and stepping into an embodied sense of that that then allows us to wisely code shift, right? Wisely um, eh, show up the way we choose to, not from default. Right. So two things. Right. One, I want to go into also when you say the word agency, because I feel like it's a word oh, that we use so much. So I yeah. want to talk about that. And yeah. you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, code shift. And I think that it's that's a term that often gets um, flack about like, oh, you're acting different in different spaces. But I think that it leaves behind the nuance of the fact of we are not the same at all times. We are not that unilateral. And so to dwindle us down to needing to be one particular way at all times does us all a disservice. So let's start I mean, with it's agency also and then silly. I'm going to go into that. Well, th thank you. I mean, it's because... also silly. Like when I'm talking to Ziggy Stardog, who is the pain in the ass 13-year-old chihuahua hot mess mix at my feet, I'm not talking in the same voice as I talk to a patient, a client, my dad. Right. Like, I don't go up to Jorge Albina, my dad, and go, Ay, who's a little sweet puppy? Who's a little sweet cachorro? Correct. That's not so what like, we're doing. Can we all, can we just calm down? Like, we all go to Not what we're doing at all. <laughs> right. I, also, it is a survival skill, no? To right. be able to show up as, so here, okay, so here's another problem from the white wellness industrial complex is like when we're talking about like our authentic self as though it was like one stagnant solid thing that is like not ever like it doesn't ever change it's like this unicorn thing we need to find which is our authentic self and then we need to live into it like that does us nope. such a disservice right nope. there i am i am multifaceted right now, Mira, here's the problem, is when we are shifting in order to attempt to create an emotion within someone else, towards emotional safety we could create for ourselves. And I, and I want to unpack that really carefully, okay? Mm. So, eh, okay, like, oh, God, there's this coach, whatever. And I'm just trying to... And she was, was a white woman, very, very, very white, very white. And she would like, like sort of switch into, she was like a previously a hip hop dancer and would like do sort of black vernacular English sometimes to like garner some sort of like cred or some shit. And I would watch her and I'd be like, girl, you are so, so Italian American from Long Island. Like this is, what are you doing? That is not your code to switch into. So where is it appropriation, A, number one? B, number two, what are you doing and why? Right. this. C, number three, are you trying? So when I say, um, are you code switching to try to create an emotion you could otherwise create for yourself? 
right? Or safety. I don't mean when, for example, a black person, uh, Latina, et cetera, tries to look white at the bank for sa- like actual physical safety or with a cop for actual physical safety. Like that's right. what I would try to very carefully make sure I'm not saying or does nobody hears that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like literal safety, do whatever the fuck you need to. Right. Right. Or to get right. your loan to start your business. Do it. Well, okay. Thank you. Do I, it. I, 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 people might not like it, but let's also do it. It's real. The system is rigged. Yes, it Work is. the system. Do it. Get it. Well. Right? Mm. But so then, but what I'm talking about, the uh, like uh, uh, the where that's problematic is when we shape shift and chameleon because we're scared to be ourselves because we don't fully believe that we are worthy of love or valid as who and what we are from our codependent thinking, from our emotional outsourcing, from those survival skills from our childhood. And that's when we pretend to like a band we don't like. We pretend to like a food we don't like. We pretend, right? That's Mm -hmm. when we're not being authentic versus being one other aspect of our authenticity. Right. Yeah? Right. And that's when, that's when I say pause. Some might say pause on the play. (laughs) 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 That part. Right? That part. Uh Uh-huh. Well, but everything you said is accurate. And this is where I just felt like, okay, I don't want this to get whittled down to its minimalist pieces and it's doing it a disservice because it's not accurate. And it isn't acknowledging that number one, like you said, some of it is literal safety. You do what oh you God. need to, to get home safe. Do like, it. That's a hard stop. There's no questions asked in that. But then there's also the fact of like, if the system is rigged, why am I looked at sideways because I'm playing the game? Yeah, but who's, who's doing the looking? Right. Wow. Whose gaze? I'm always, always going to ask whose gaze are we Facts. reacting to? Facts. Facts. Right. And so, do you want to continue to give a fuck about the person gazing? I told you Fox Farm is fresh out. It's Fox fresh, Farm out. fresh out. Yeah. You know, they had backstock, but it's actually just like depleted. And mm-hmm. there was a wait list, but... Mm-mm. You know, they didn't update the um. They didn't uh, update the, the inventory. I'm no, telling sure you, I, not. I'm gonna go back to what I told you. The Earth has been scorched. <laughs> <laughs> to which I replied, Octavia warned us. She did. Uh huh. So, <sighs> so <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that you uh, that we're having that discussion about yeah. again that nuance of that piece and I want to make right. sure we don't leave agency behind because agency right. is another one of those words that I do think is very much co-opted by mm-hmm. white western wellness mm-hmm. um and I want to make sure that we're acknowledging when we're addressing mm-hmm. agency mm-hmm. what does it mean for us yeah so agency is each human's ability to make their own decisions and live their own I'm going to say this and we'll break it down. Free lives, mm-hmm. right? Their life freely on their own terms, our ability to make choices and to act upon them, right? Freedom. Freedom. A word. Well, because <laughs> freedom isn't free, but uh, <laughs> it is absolutely not free. In my head, it's, I was like, yo, it ain't free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it actually costs one swipe of your Metro card. And don't come at me with that. Tapping your Metro <laughs> bullshit. Get out of here with that. I'm New Yorker for life. Swipes. Swipes. <laughs> yeah, it's a swipe each way. So, um, yeah. So what's my point? My point is agency is a conceptually beautiful thing. And Mm -hmm. through embodiment, we can step into ever greater internal agency and choicefulness, which Mm -hmm. I think is an important word to to live into alongside agency, because agency is limited by and mitigated by the machines we are in, right? Our geography, our... our, our finances, uh, the culture, socialization, geopolitics, eh, laws, health, uh, immigration status, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or in other words, ba 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 ba. So, agency is limited, mm-hmm. and choicefulness is what we hold within our hearts and is embodied within us, within our form. Do you think that? The survival actions and habits that we've had to take in order to get here Mm -hmm. have 
diminished our agency or has it just simply diminished our perceived access to agency? I think what it's done is what it has impacted is what I call well, let me start with the literature. What the literature would call the window of tolerance within our nerv- nervous system. Okay. So the window of tolerance is, so ventral vagal is the safe and social part of the nervous system. It's the part I'm in right now. My brain is firing on all cylinders. My thyroid's going, my digestion's going, my reproductive system's going, my endocrine system, my heart, lungs. The vagus nerve is doing its job optimally, and my body is zoom, zoom, zooming along. Yeah? Everything's working optimally. I feel safe. I feel social. Um, I don't feel anxious. I don't feel worried. I don't feel depressed, right? Where those mm-hmm. o- the other two main states of the nervous system are sympathetic activation, adrenaline, cortisol, worry, fight or flight, stress, fuck, ah, lion coming, run, ah, right. and dorsal shutdown, acetylcholine state, fuck farm, done. There's no fucks available. I'm disconnected. I'm checked out. I, I am potentially even dissociated, disassociated, not present with my own self, my body, depression, scrolling Netflix while scrolling your phone, right? Netflix is going, you've got scrolling your phone with a glass of wine in your hand. You don't know when, where, who, why, what you are. You're checked out. Yeah? Okay. So that's dorsal freeze or sympathetic fight flight. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So- in ventral vagal, the safe and social part of the nervous system, everything works optimally. This is, you know, next time I'm on the show, let's talk about how health and the nervous system, right? And how white supremacy keeps racialized bodies, queer bodies, et cetera, et cetera, out of health by keeping us dysregulated. How's that for a teaser? I was like going to say, because I want that. all of that. I'm yes, available. please. Okay, yes, great. Please. Perfect. I'll see you then there. <laughs> for now <laughs> here, for here and now, now and here. I want to say this. So we have what's called a window of tolerance in our nervous system, how much bullshit we can tolerate and our nervous system can rebound, 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 adjust, adapt. Okay. Handle it and keep us in ventral vagal where everything from brain to pooping, everything works optimally, right? Right. Brain to pooping and everything in the middle. So for example, you're driving on on 95, one jerk cuts you off and you're like, oh, jerks are going to jerk. Second one cuts you off and you're like, God damn it. The third motherfucker cuts in front of you on the highway going 90 and you're like, rage machine. Right. You have exceeded your window of capacity in your nervous system to be present to what is real. Yeah. The literature calls it window of tolerance. I'm not out here trying to teach anybody, but particularly human socialized as women to tolerate a single goddamn thing. So I'm out here calling that the window of capacity or the window of bodily dignity. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that delicious? Mm. A window of bodily dignity. When we are embodied, when we are present in our bodies and we have malleability, flexibility within our nervous system, when we are able to regulate ourselves, when we have the skills and tools to regulate our nervous system, to come back, to experience sympathetic fight or flight, dorsal shutdown, and come back to ventral vagal on our own terms, in our own way, from our own agency, our own choicefulness. We are able to make different decisions within our own selves. Now that may be governed by laws, by geography. You know, like I would love to go swimming in the ocean right now, but that's a choice, right? Like I don't live there. Right. Right. I might want to pick up the car with my one hand and I'm using ridiculous examples, right? Because and often we're talking about agency, we're talking about the right to vote or mm-hmm. to like, you know, right. 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 <sighs> Embodiment allows for agency. Embodiment allows for dignity. From our dignity, we have choicefulness. Yeah? Marie Victoria, I need you to understand that my whole body right now is like, I just need you to talk for like two hours and 48 more minutes at a minimum. <laughs> and I also know that these podcast listeners are going to be like, y'all, I need to eat and pee and go get my packages at the front door. Amazon is trash. And yes, I got something delivered. I know that all of those things are happening to everybody. <laughs> and I, I, you are absolutely coming back. There's no question on that. And this has gone in all the places that it need to. It has been absolutely perfect. And 
before we go anywhere, is there one action that you would like the listeners of this episode or the readers of this article to take in? If they feel though, feel as though something that you shared struck them or they felt it, they had that blossom, what I call mm. the warm and fuzzy in their yeah. chest. It's like, ooh, that. Like ooh. if you got that, like, ooh, ooh, that, ooh. what would you like them to 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 do? Because mm. so much yeah. of this is the body. It's embodiment. Yeah, it's so embodiment. what would you want them to do? Market. So pause, mm. return to the breath. And mark that sensation in your body. Feel into it in every way. Feel into the color, the taste, the temperature, the texture, the weight of that energetic. Yeah? Whatever it is that resonated, echolocate it in your body and mark it. Be present with it befriend it. And we do this to ground us in felt experience. So the work of being alive isn't in the neocortex, isn't in the prefrontal cortex of the brain, but in the body. So that the nervous system may grow, may shift, may widen that window of bodily dignity from our choicefulness to come in to embodied presence within our physiology. Let the church say amen. My God. <laughs> okay. Before we go anywhere, I mm-hmm. need you to make sure that you let everybody know how it is that they can learn more about you, how it is that they can learn from you, how mm. it is that they can patronize you, whether that is time, attention, money, monetary, mm. all of those things matter. They do. Okay? They do. They do. I, I need you to take care of this this brown woman that is bringing all the goodness right now. I love all of it. Thank you. So please tell the people where they can come learn more about you. Thank you for the opportunity. So I'm actually in the process. So, um, you know, my name is Maria Victoria and that was, has been historically very hard for like Americans writ large people in the U S to handle. Uh, I don't like being called Maria. So I went by Victoria for a very long time because it was quote unquote easier until you know what? It just wasn't. So I'm in the process. No, yeah, your name is Maria Victoria. Gracias. So I'm in the process of shifting everything. Paid off for now. You can mm-hmm. head. Uh, you can find me on the gram. I give good gram at Victoria Albina Wellness. Um, I'm switching it to Maria Victoria Albina. Um, you can listen to my podcast, which is called Feminist Wellness. It's for humans of all genders, um, and that is for free every single week on Thursdays. And I have a present just for your listeners. Oh, <laughs> so if you go to victoriaalbina.com, which will soon be mariavictoriaalbina.com, um, slash pause on the play, all those words, because they all matter, you can download a suite of meditations, guided exercises, nervous system orienting exercises, and those are for free. Just to say thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for wanting to do this work. Um, it really matters. And so I wanted to thank your listeners for being here. You are so kind. And takes one to know one. Let me tell you, like mm. your just way of showing up, all that you are sharing, like I... Mm. I am literally in awe and I am so, so grateful that we were introduced. And I, I personally and professionally want to continue to amplify you and to learn more about you. And I'm just, I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. So I'm feeling so mutual. You are amazing. Thank you You, so much. Thank you. Maria Victoria. Gracias mil. Thank you. This was so good. (laughs) I love this so much. And yes, yes, Maria Victoria will be back because we have so much more to get into. And again, I want you to be able to check out the amazing gifts that she has provided for us. I did not know that was coming. And I'm so immensely grateful for that creation for us. VictoriaAlbina.com forward slash pause on the play. It will be linked inside of the article so that you can go on over there and you can check it out and you can learn more about everything that is being created with intentionality and healing in mind. Bye, Victoria.
So again, for checking out this conversation that I had with Maria Victoria and everything that we got into, everything that was shared, everything that is a part of all of us being able to collectively address healing and those of us that are black and brown and do not have equal access to it, being able to figure out what it is that we can do for ourselves and our collective healing. For being a witness to this conversation, I thank you. Every time that you witness us discussing the challenging things and making them a part of our everyday exchanges, I thank you for being a part of the change. Together, this is how we remove stigma and create real change and connection while crossing lines and recreating boundaries in order to support, not separate. Let's continue getting more people to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?